in the Willamette Valley, in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to The Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. Wherever you may be listening, night or day, in this world. And thank you so very much for tuning in, or for tuning in again. And this is going to be episode number 198, Lies and Deception. Don't buy an electric vehicle until you listen to this. Before I go on, I also just wanted to thank all of the good folks that are supporting this show in India as well as Canada. Thank you very much. I wanted to talk about this subject because um, I haven't talked about it in some time. And I basically thought it was overdue. Um, there is and has been a great deal of buzz about electric cars in the last year especially but there are some things that are well simply not adding up and this is what is not being discussed so um let me first of all use just a little bit of uh somewhat ancient history to illustrate my point um many 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 moons ago this is like we're talking the cre uh the creatious period when uh dinosaurs roamed the earth dinosaurs like me um there were these um video players vhs and but before vhs um pretty much became well did become the dominant uh media player there was a competition called betamax and for some of you out there who are old enough you remember this and you were um you were basically being hit by both sides of the marketing establishment and there was basically a battle between Betamax and VHS and the very long and the short of it was there were several reasons why VHS won the battle so to speak even though technically the image quality from beta Max was better. But there were just a whole slew of reasons um, why VHS won out. And basically one of them was that the cost of producing, even though even though the technologies were basically the same and the uh, video cassettes looked very similar, 
um, there was a, an entirely different approach, you might say, internally. And <clears throat> your Betamax machine, it just basically costs so much more um, to make. And after a while for that, and like I said, as well as other reasons, it, uh, it couldn't compete um, simply because, you know, most of the time, like any other technology, um, when you have competing technologies, uh, they may struggle it out for a while, but eventually one wins. And um, VHS won because it was relatively cheap. I say relatively um, compared to Betamax. So you're probably wondering at this point, okay, well, what does that have to do with not buying an electric car? Well, what I, dear listener, am going to tell you may shock you and it may surprise you because what I see as far as the marketing is concerned is very reminiscent of what happened with Betamax. That's right. Electric cars, particularly full electric cars, I believe in their current incarnation are not only going to, going to go the way of Betamax, but they're going to end up being a white elephant um, for some very simple reasons. Some of them are actually complex, but I'm going to get to that. But anyway, just for a moment, back to the issue of Betamax. So there was a time eventually when the writing was on the wall because you have to remember as far as this technology and as far as, I mean, you know, producing these things, um, particularly again, in the case of Betamax, I mean, these things were big and heavy and had all of these mechanical moving parts. I mean, they were boat anchors. <laughs> for, for lack of a better term, they were big, bulky, heavy boat anchors of technology. And uh, again, you know, it cost, uh, it cost a hell of a lot to produce these things. And by comparison, uh, the whole VHS idea, like I said, was, you know, much, much simpler. So um, when it became apparent that Beta was going to lose the war, what they, being ahead of the curve, when I say they, I mean the manufacturers, the owners of the company, what do you do when, you know, you've... Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's 1982 or thereabouts, and you've got a warehouse full of, you know, a thousand Betamax boat anchors brand new in the box, and you're fully aware that within six months or a year, no one's going to be buying them. Well, you do what any good American capitalist does. You bullshit. 
And so <clears throat> while this war began to heat up, what they did was they continued to battle for the uh, superiority of Betamax over this uh, other uh, medium of uh, VHS, but all the while quietly selling all that they had remaining and not making any new ones because they knew it was over. In other words, they got out of the game while the getting was good and they did everything to the very end to sell these things. And then eventually those that were left, you know, remaining, those holding the bag, they gave super discounts on anything, even to just break even on the deal. The idea in a worst case scenario, of course, they wanted to make uh, tremendous uh, profits. But in a worst case scenario, if you can't do that, then at least you don't want to lose money. So... I remember these things <clears throat> when 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 the show was when the when the jig was finally up when they were caught and everybody knew that was the end of the line they're not going to make any new ones I mean they hit that curb just at the right moment and these things flooded the market with huge discounts or Christ they were tied into all kinds of promotions um, you know if you bought a big huge expensive projector style television console thing you know sometimes they would throw in a free betamax at no additional cost anything anything to use them to promote or to sell but that is the long and the short of it that's what they did <clears throat> well this is going to be the same scenario that's going to end up with electric cars. And I'm going to be the one to tell you how and why. The very long and the short of it is, and this actually connects with one of the biggest problems that this country faces today, and that is its failure to produce energy. Now make no mistake about this. I, I am going to do my best to walk through this and hopefully we'll be able to connect the dots. Um, a country's independence ultimately is primarily besides notwithstanding military, but um, it, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily need a standing military depending on its position and its region. But what it must have, what it absolutely must have, is energy. If it cannot supply its own energy needs, and it has to, I say it has to be, um, found or imported, it's in trouble. It is dependent. And it is dependent on so many factors in this world that are not within its control. And, for instance, 
this is why, um, despite all appearances, in reality, um, the United Kingdom is in really big trouble as far as seriously in in real terms being a world power it's not and i don't i don't mean any offense to my listeners in the uk but i'm sorry those are the conditions as they are in the 21st century yes yes we all know that once upon a time many many decades ago um, that the sun did not set on the british empire as it was but those days are long long gone and although to this day britain has a very formidable navy but as far as any real energy independence, no, not so much. And that is the mark in today's world of a, of a stable and viable country. And America, <clears throat> unfortunately, is not doing that well itself. So everything comes from energy everything it is part it is you could say it's an integral part of the entire entire gnp and any everything comes from it and you cannot you simply cannot grow or there's no real um sustainability you might say if you are losing energy and here in the u.s hmm we've been losing energy for the last 20, 30 years. That's right. We have been losing it. If, for instance, through the miracle of technology and LED lighting that are now in you know, umpteen millions and millions of American homes and in so many devices, we have, we have pretty much you know, made the change from the old-fashioned incandescence lights. And of course, that means all old-style CRT monitors and old-style picture tube televisions. This entire technology has been a godsend because other than reliability and having great image quality and all of that, by comparison, they are much, much more energy efficient. In addition to everything else, they are far more energy efficient. And of course, this is what we use on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, imagine that if we have not, in all these years, significantly increased our power output production, but if we had the same old energy needs load that we had 20, 30 years ago, we would be in absolute serious trouble. So it's only because of that technology that happened to save our ass because it is, I say, relatively speaking, so much more energy efficient. So that is good.
But you can only conserve so much. You simply cannot keep making things that are more efficient. And cars, for instance, that sip less fuel can only do that to a point. At a certain point, the law of diminishing returns kicks in and you simply have to, well, you have to expend the energy. And that means you have to have the energy to expand. And we don't. And that is concerning. And the reason for this in turn, and this is why, by the way, I have said this many times, the the deleterious effects of what ultimately is fucking stupidity, there is a domino effect all the way through anything it encounters, all the way down the line. And in this case, it is the whole leftover anti-nuke crowd. And this, this is just so completely mindless it, it it is just you know it, it 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 just boggles the mind with its stupidity for instance because if anything bad happens and it has happened and of course we can go all the way back to chernobyl and then of course there was three mile island and then most recently it would have been the um, Fujishima plant in Japan. And that's that's pretty as far as the biggies. That's, you know, that's pretty much pretty much it. And we've been having this. We've had this since, you know, for like 50 some years now. All of this or more going on as far as, you know, using nuclear power. And these are the these aren't even the fully modern plants and what they're capable of. It isn't that we're talking about old plants. And so the hundreds of thousands of days without incident, you know, France has a whole lot of nuclear energy, for instance, and they've had zero problems and what I'm saying is now with what can be created, um, it's just even as far as safety, it's even leaps and bounds beyond that. In addition to that, what would be far, far better, as I have touted many times before, is an even safer technology, which is thorium. Thorium is a much uh, safer type of material to use for a, uh, a reaction uh, for many reasons, even safer than conventional nukes. For instance, on the planet, if you want to talk about a country that is taking a huge uh, leap ahead in, in this, is India. And there, um, many of these extremely safe uh, 
uh, environmentally clean, and it is, um, or by comparison, really damn clean, uh, cheap, reliable energy is going to come online in India. And when that happens, they will be far, far, far ahead of the game as far as energy production. That includes anywhere in the West. That includes America. That includes China. Um, and we in America, because of ultimately because of stupidity, um, we have only ourselves to blame because we put ourselves there. So who do you think is going to be leading or at least has the greatest chance of leading the 21st century? I might go, my betting would go with the nation of having able to produce the most energy. In this case, also particularly clean, safe energy. And it's not the U.S. And you can't even you can't even bring it up for discussion, apparently, because um, I don't know. Washington's hands is tied politically because all we have to do is get, you know, tens of thousands of complete half-bred imbeciles carrying signs who don't know the first fucking thing about the science of how any of this works. They don't know anything. All they want to scream about endlessly is what happened at Chernobyl and Three Mile Island 30 or some plus fucking years ago. And it just puts to it puts the absolute fear of God into the masses. And then I guess if you're in you know the pole political machine, that could really screw you at the polls. So we do nothing. So there's this whole debacle, and we lose more and more power, and we stand there and do nothing. You know what, this, speaking of power, <laughs> I just thought of this analogy. I mean, it, to try to look at this, try to figure, it's like, um, I don't know, maybe it could be a skit for, I'm picturing like creating an old skit for Muddy Python or something, but a person, you know, who's standing on the railroad tracks, facing one direction, and you can see way off in the distance, there's a train. And the train is heading towards them. And then you could have one or more people on either side of the track. And for whatever reason, they they can't knock the person off the track. They can't pull the person off the track. All they could do is talk to them. And they could talk and reason. And the person is turning their head and they're looking at them and saying, uh-huh. <laughs> to me, this is... You know, it's funny. It's that fucking ridiculous. It's funny. It's just like, give every reason. Hey, there, there, can't you see? There, there's a train coming. And turn your head. Uh-huh. Yeah, I yeah, I know. I see. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, okay. The train hits you. You die. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, I know. Uh, 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 uh okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it's like for me. And the, with this whole this whole scenario because i look at it 
And it's that same idiocy that being told and told and told and no one will listen. That's why I'm telling you so that maybe, I don't know, you'll tell someone and then maybe eventually it could get changed. That's why, you know, that's why I'm telling you. Okay. So at this point, you might be thinking, okay, I've talked about the energy and talked about thorium and safe, either conventional, extremely safe, conventional nuclear reactors and the need for many, many of them in the U.S. and um, or preferably thorium. What does this have to do with electric cars? Well, here's what it has to do with it. You see, it doesn't matter even if we had plenty of energy. Let's say I wave the magic wand and we have all these thorium reactors. So we have plenty of electricity. We have plenty of juice, plenty of it. You know, then the plus, of course, the utility cost uh, would go down dramatically because we got plenty of juice. Um, so. Um, yeah, we got plenty of juice. You say, okay, now we can power the electric cars. Well, there's a problem. So hold on, hold on to yourself. There is a problem here. Okay. You see, the problem is with the batteries. Because you remember that whole debacle that I told you about Betamax? Well, here's the sad truth about that particular battery technology. Are you listing all the uh, nitwit Greenpeace people who don't understand technology? Are you listening? It's not fucking sustainable. That's your key word that you love so much, right? Sustainable, right? Things which are sustainable. Well, it's not. The energy to make those fucking batteries is not remotely sustainable as a matter of fact if we were to for instance christ even even in just amount this to the u.s a very car dependent society not even the rest of the world just think we're talking the world here um but even in the u.s there simply isn't enough of the raw materials to make all these batteries and the mining required to do this is horrible so there's not enough and the material itself it is finite because those things have a finite life so it doesn't matter how many charging stations you have? The charging stations are not inherently the issue. Even though we're only looking at about somewhere currently between 6 to 8% coverage in the U.S., which is pitiful. But even so, that is not the issue. It is simply not sustainable. The materials needed to create these these non-green batteries is not sustainable. They're not there. It's just they're not there. On the other hand, there's hydrogen. 
And that has fell by the wayside and out of the consciousness because its main argument, despite all of its of its uh, positive uh, attributes, and if they worked out the you know the issues of storage, which are not that difficult for the storage tanks, but basically their main argument has been well. The argument being that, uh, frankly, of all the energy that it takes, mainly this is primarily done. Um, the cheapest way being, uh, I believe, is still electrolysis to produce the hydrogen. And it's like, okay, so you need the energy to produce the hydrogen. Okay, fair enough. I, I get it. I understand that. So, for instance, it would be basically, you know, kind of stupid to be using coal-fired plants um, because, you know, unless you've been living in a cave, you know that they're not exactly great for the environment or the atmosphere. Uh, coal plants is what I'm talking about. Uh, but, you you know, you could say, use that to, you know, make the turbines, to make the steam, to make the electricity that would be self-defeating so we can't go that route folks i would just like to give you this brief message before i start the show as you should well know i never have had any form of third-party advertising on this show and that's exactly the way I would like to keep it. My general feeling is that we have to put up with too much marketing and consumerist bullshit from the time we rise in the morning to the time we go to bed. The last thing you need is to hear that on my show. I just don't want you to have to go through that nonsense. So, as a consequence, I try to keep it advertising free. So if you share my sentiment and can see where I'm coming from, I need your support. If you would go to my website, the earnestmanshow.com, and click on the Feed the Fridge tab, that's exactly what will be done. Feeding the fridge, maybe even keeping the lights on. You can also support the show by clicking on the tab that says earnest stuff either way you'd be supporting the show and making certain that it remains commercial free and if you have supported me in the past i sincerely thank you i said i would be brief now let's get back to the show Enter, as I said, are you making this connection now? That's right. Clean, plentiful electricity from thorium reactors that are plugged into the grid. And now we have plenty of electricity. And that means plenty of electricity to operate the... Uh, Hydrolysis machines, the uh, machines that will produce, cha-ching, you guessed it, 
plentiful hydrogen. And that's the connection that I'm talking about here. But here's the thing. In order to make that happen, you have to have the power. So it's a vicious circle. But it doesn't have to be a vicious circle if the power that you need to produce the hydrogen is coming from the best, most efficient, and cleanest source of energy that can be produced. And that currently is thorium. And so, if we were to do that, and then if we wanted to have hydrogen stations all over uh, the America, just as though we have fuel in the form of gasoline, and these tanks can be changed out in approximately five minutes. So, yeah, you get the storage uh, there at the pump, and it can be changed out, I believe it's somewhere maybe like five to eight minutes. And that's, you know, that's pretty damn fast. And you're on your way. And this has been produced by the substations, which is the equivalent of uh, petroleum refineries. And um, so the system pretty much works the same. They're just using a different fuel source. So in other words, in the very long story of all this, we're a lot better off with hydrogen. That is, if we have a plan that includes the power plants that will produce the electricity needed, and it needs a lot. And the only way we could do that is through thorium reactors. I say I keep talking about thorium because with the designs for new conventional um, plants being so, so far, far, far to the safer than anything made before, but in the case of the old style uh, conventional um, nukes, um, you have security concerns for the the spent you know material, um, and the nastiness of conventional nuclear, and you don't have that problem nearly anywhere as much with thorium. For instance, as an example. If you want to take any kind of spent or used thorium material and to convert that to a weapons grade, it can be done, but it is extremely cost costly and difficult relative to conventional um, nuclear uh, reactor material. So there is, that is, in other words, a good thing. Um, so all I see are good things and positive things from the uh, use of thorium for reactors 
And basically, uh, that's what the hell we should be doing. And that in turn will enable us to produce the hydrogen, which is what we should be using for cars. And at the beginning of this, when I said, and I'm being hopeful here, but I said not to buy an electric car, it was for that very reason, because in the long term, they know just like they did all those years ago when something just isn't going to work out because you can only fool the public for so long. You got this white elephant and they can't make the batteries because they know there simply isn't enough material and they know it's not sustainable. So you have made these things and all the machinery and all the machinery that makes these batteries and you've got this entire thing that you've done and then you look around and you look down the road two three four years or, or further and you realize that what you got is you got a white elephant on your hands or perhaps in this case what i'll say is they've got a betamax Well, what did you think about that? I'd really like to hear what you have to say. So go on over to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and put down your two cents worth. And while you're there, please feel free to listen to any and all the episodes you like. Plus, check out the other interesting things on my website. Until next time, this is Ernest saying take care I'm out of here <laughs>